mastering your emotions so you can be a safe space for the feminine mm, is yes. actually to me the art of masculinity so i would think it means two things to me one it's always like in the eye of the beholder so realize that it's okay to have a different view than somebody else two it's always being created and recreated uh i i think it means an openness to growth an openness to learning an openness to looking at what is masculinity in me and having curiosity about what parts are serving me and what parts maybe aren't serving me so well anymore. And so the art of masculinity is truly that. If you can master being a lion and a lamb, you've mastered masculinity. The art of masculinity to me means knowing how to gracefully dance between both the feminine flow and the structure of the masculine. This is The Art of Masculinity with your host, Johnny Elsassin. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Our guest is innovator, operator, and leader, Luke Hartlust. He relocated in 2016 from Australia to scale the F45 franchise in Southern California. Luke is the founder and CEO of Manly, a collaborative subscription company that provides the market's best solutions for men's performance and lifestyle with a focus on business strategy, lifestyle optimization, and improving human potential. Luke now works with industry leaders to develop exciting, impactful projects. I am a personal subscriber to the Manly Box, and not only that, Manly has given their products to the Wildman Experience as a partner for that experience to help optimize the men that go there and receive really cool products, not only that enhance your physical life, but also the biochemical options that we have out there. So from being somebody who really takes pride in what he gives men and provides men, he actually uses all these products for a minimum of 30 days prior to agreeing to potentially put them in a manly box. So knowing that he is fully behind every product is incredibly important to me and should be to every man out there. Not only does he put this out there for us, but he personally vouches for the products that he puts in his box. So guys, this is an amazing episode if you are somebody who has come from a blue collar background and then seen how other people have become successful, it's incredibly inspiring. And that's what Luke did. He had a very, very blue collar, um, just kind of low level, not low level in a derogatory nature, but low level upbringing in the sense of it was hard work and nothing was handed to him, but he took that and persevered into somebody who's incredibly successful now as a business owner and constantly curating new things in his life. So it's an inspiring story to hear from Luke. I had a blast with him. He is a good friend of mine. Um, well, recently good friend through the 48 hour reset from the empowered brotherhood that we both were fortunate enough to be invited to. And from there, we really hit it off and we both have a mission to support men in the best way possible to help them optimize their lives, both in personal development, but also in ensuring that they're giving themselves the, the best physiological and chemical enhancement to be that best version of themselves. So I know you guys will enjoy this as much as I did. And as always, I will see you guys around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome <laughs> back to the Art of Masculinity. Today's guest is my friend, Luke Hartlust. He is just an amazing human being. We've had the ability to become fast friends recently after the 48-hour reset in Austin, Texas uh, with Empowered Brotherhood, and Luke's company was sponsoring that. But just a great human being, brother. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you these last few months, and I'm a huge, uh, huge advocate and supporter of what you got going on. And I can't wait to dive into this episode with you. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, likewise, mate, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, I always love having these conversations with you. And uh, it was definitely, it was definitely awesome to, to connect with yourself and, and a lot of the individuals that were at uh, the 48 uh, hour reset as well. So I built some friendships out of it. And, and this is one of those ongoing ones. So very stoked, very happy to be here, man. 
Yeah, brother. I'm like super excited just to see all the things that you and I can kind of collaborate on as the future rolls along, dude. You got such cool things in your future right now that I'm super proud to be part of and have you guys be part of some stuff we're doing. We won't say, we won't admit to anything right now, um, but it'll be, it's really cool to have you part of it. And I love how you're showing up in the world. I also love that you like, you really dive into shit. Like you put yourself in the men's development space that weekend in the 48 hour reset. And, and most people probably wouldn't do that being a sponsor of an event. You know, I haven't seen too many business owners do that. That was super dope. Yeah. I, th I thought for that specifically as well, because I was invited, um, you know, personally as well by, by Gerald and, you know, I only had just met him, um, previously, you know, through a connection for that and, but it was a good opportunity. And I, you know, with the brand that we're creating and with myself and, and what we're looking to do with, with kind of building that community aspect, whenever I get an opportunity to, to dive into those kind of circles, I, it's always better to do something in person. And, you know, it was also a great opportunity to learn um, and to, to do some more kind of deeper work within myself as well, which was, you know, something that I hadn't done to, to that kind of extent before. I've done a lot of work, but not really in that kind of way, which was really good to experience, you know? Yeah, brother. And, and you also had an amazing feat that weekend where you ran, what did we run? Like a, a few miles, I think, or a couple miles. And, and you basically didn't really spill your coffee the entire time running. <laughs> I was impressed. I mean, I mean, it was, I was not ready for the weather that we had that morning, by the way. I don't know if you noticed, I was in, you know, five inch shorts, you know, a thin legends, long sleeve shirt. And I, I got outside my hotel in Austin. That was my first time in Austin as well. And I got outside the hotel and I'm like, fuck, I'm where this is freezing. Like we're going, you know, I knew it was also, yeah, going to be out in the bush somewhere as well. So, but it was good. It, it was great. And I thought the coffee would keep heated for a little bit. And, and it'd be interesting if I could hold it the whole way without spilling. But um, good times, man. Good times. All right, brother. So we're going to dive into what I call the manly round, which is fitting for your company, Manly Boxes. And uh, it's just a little way for the community to get to know you a little better. You ready for it? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Hi, brother. All right, your first question is, what is your spirit animal and why? <laughs> That's an easy one, but it's also probably one that you get quite a bit, but definitely the lion. Um, I'm a Leo. I'm bored late July. Uh, but the line also represents, you know, power, respect, and loyalty as well. And that's also something that definitely resonates very, very deeply with me. Um, you know, I'm a leader at heart as well. So the male line, and line is obviously a, a leader of their tribe and a very loyal member of their tribe. And I've actually, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've got a huge... Um, tattoo of a, a lion face on my on my right quad as well so you can't miss it i have the mane as well i suppose so that's uh that's my spirit animal yeah, yeah. i was gonna <laughs> say it's so fitting because you look just like a jacked ass fucking lion with that mane too like the freaking golden mane i'm like yeah the lion fits for luke for sure yeah yeah it would be odd saying anything else you know i could do a kangaroo or something but i don't really <laughs> fit the fit the bill you know or a wallaby <laughs> or a wallaby or a koala dude when i was uh when i was down in australia i would, when i was down there i got to pet a koala dude those are the softest things on the fucking planet yeah super cute um they're they're awesome awesome little animals as well and when you see one up close you know, they're, they're kind of mesmerizing, right? Because you're like, you've never seen anything that <clears throat> is even remotely looks like that. And that is, you know, that cute. Like, yeah, they're awesome. They're dope, dude. Dope. Yeah. All right, brother, your next, your next question is, um, what song, no matter where you are in the world, so there could be a million people standing around you, what song, when you hear it, do you absolutely have to start singing along with? <laughs> oh that's um it's britney spears bro it's britney spears right? i was hit me baby one more time 
<laughs> that's that's gonna be it. That's let's roll with that. <laughs> take it. <laughs> All these guys uh, who say they don't sing along to that are fucking liars. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, mate. Doesn't matter where I am. When that bad boy comes on, the budgie smugglers are out. <laughs> We're on. <laughs> Oh. oh, I fucking love that. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Every guy's a liar if they're saying like, oh yeah, I don't I don't sing that one when it comes on. They know they do. Exactly. All the guys yeah. do. Um <laughs> so your last question exactly. is if you could prank any well-known person, somebody we kind of all generally may know, and you can travel in time. So this could be somebody in the past. If you could prank yes. any well-known person, who would you prank? Oh man. Any well-known person? Um, yeah, who we like generally would all know for the most part. I, I tell you who would be funny to prank just because he's, he's not only a master of pranks himself, but he's, um, he seems just like a, a funny guy and someone that you could have an, a laugh and a beer with. But Rob Derrida. Eh. <laughs> you know, you okay. know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just come to mind when you said prank. So we'll go, we'll go with that one. I love it, dude. It's all about the instincts, but he, yeah, he seems like he would be a good person to prank. I think he would handle it well. And then you guys could have a beer afterwards. He wouldn't be too pissed yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. He'd be a great, he'd be a great guy to have a beer with. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I know some people who are, are friends with him and they have nothing but obviously great things to say about him. So, um, but he seems like a legit dude. So I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, good brother. You hit the manly round. Well, uh, you can add those questions into your manly box for guys to think yeah. too. And then you Perfect. can segue it, you know, we'll put them on the quiz. <laughs> well, cool, brother love this. Um, this is the fun part because we get to dive into your story and your story is fucking cool. Um, where you came from in Australia, I'm going to let you kind of open up this book of where you started and then how you came to be where you are today in the U.S. and the businesses that you've created, brother. What brought you there and, and where did this kind of all begin at for you? Good, um, good question. It's, we, you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep it the short version because it's a, it's probably a, a longer winded, winded conversation, but essentially, so I moved over, relocated over to California uh, about six years ago in 2016. But prior to that, I was working on the oil rigs about 400 kilometers off uh, the, the coast of Western Australia. And I had spent most of my adult life, working life, working in resources. So I either worked underground diamond drilling uh, in the gold fields in, in WA or, and then I went from surface blasting and we were blowing out iron ore um, in the Pilbara in, in Western Australia. And then from there, I was, I was offshore. And when I was offshore, I was working 28 days on, 28 days off. And I was single, you know, the, I was getting, I was getting paid well. So on my, on my months off, they would fly me anywhere in the world. So I would essentially catch, you know, eight flights a month and they would fly me to, to Thailand and I would live in Thailand for uh, essentially, you know, nearly four weeks. Um, but when I, where I moved to was the still to this day, the most motivating place I have ever been in my life. And, and it's on the island of Phuket. It's a place called Shillong. And you wouldn't go there if, unless you were going for fitness. So there was people from all over the world coming for fitness holidays, trying to better themselves, fitness retreats. There was a lot of CrossFit athletes, uh, a lot of UFC fighters, a lot of high level uh, Muay Thai fighters, kickboxers, boxers, wrestlers. Um, but the beautiful part about it is, is that there was literally, as I said, people coming from all over the world, all walks of life, and everyone was there for the same reason, which was dope. They were there to get better and better themselves. And didn't matter whether they were on retreat and they were, you know, it's their kind of first time working out or training, or whether, as I said, they were an athlete and they were there on a, a fight camp, right? Um, but you used to wake up at 5 a.m. and you would hear people kicking the bags already like 5am and you would hear because it was a, it was one street 
and on the street that was lined with Muay Thai gyms, bodybuilding gyms, um, and some CrossFit gyms. And then it was just lined with little boutique hotels and resorts, like really small, but all the cafes catered to your training, your dietary needs, your nutrition needs, everything. It was a very unique ecosystem that I haven't seen anywhere else in the world. And it was kind of the start of those kind of ecosystems. This was, you know, I was, I started going there eight, nine years ago. So it's obviously grown a lot since then. But while we were there, I, I have, I was flying in and out of there month on month off. And, you know, I, that's when I really got into um, CrossFit. I really got into strength and conditioning training while I was there. Um, and I knew that that kind of environment was something that I wanted to be in and that I belonged in because that building that sense of community and the camaraderie and the support network that you generated in within such a short period of time as well, you know, people coming and going a lot, but you build real valuable relationships, especially when you're training in those kind of high intensity um, circumstances where, you know, you're pushing your body and then you have people next to you doing the same. So you have instantly generate this kind of connection, right? So I fell in love with that process and I was on the, I was on the oil rigs and I was just like, fuck, I got to get off these fucking rigs. You know, like it was, you know, I'd done a lot of resources in my time and I was just done with it, you know? So, and I was like, what am I going to do to get myself off these rigs? And I figured out that I needed to start invest, building kind of that investor's mindset and investing in knowledge of, for more business operations and then investing in business. And the first uh, venture that we did, my, myself and my business partner, was actually in Thailand. So on that strip, we leased a block of land, uh, designed a building and built out a heated hit slash hot yoga studio. It was beautiful. Um, you know, but being very naive. Oh. Yeah, we were, you know, being the first business venture I ever did as well. And it being you know, obviously uh, in a foreign country and especially a country like Thailand where there's a huge language barrier um, and there's obviously different rules and regulations to, to operate there. But, you know, we were very naive with the fact that our business model was essentially, you know, we, I wasn't living there full time. So it was, we would hire the right team and put the right team in there and the business will just grow and we'll be successful. And through that, so essentially what happened was long story short, it flopped big time. Um, we overcapitalized, spent too much money, <laughs> didn't have a, didn't have the right business model. And <clears throat> when I realized it was going to flop, I was like, okay, what am I going to do to get off these rigs? Cause this is not going to generate enough money for me to be able to, you know, obviously leave the rigs and start doing this and, and rolling into more business opportunities and business ventures. And then we started looking at, the F45 franchise. Um, this is when it was blowing up in Australia and it was doing very, very well. It was gaining a lot of traction. And because it was a similar model to what I was used to training in Thailand, doing a lot of strength and conditioning and building that community sense around the brand, um, it's, it seemed like a good fit, you know? And there was, the beautiful thing about it was there was only myself and my business partner, as I said, we were both single. We didn't have any ties to Australia that we needed to, to relocate back home. And I wanted to do something that was going to be completely life-changing um, in a sense where, you know, I can go and open a gym in my backyard and, you know, get all my friends and family there and, and, and it'd be great. But I wanted to do something that was going to be life-changing that was also going to give us the foundation for whatever I wanted to do moving forward from that. Um, and so long story short, we, you know, we packed up everything and flew to California. Um, and I, at the time I had never been to California before, which was, which was really, really exciting, but it was also extremely nerve wracking. You know, I said, I remember saying to, to my business partner, I said, you know, I've lived all over the world, but I've never found somewhere that I could set up a life. And he just said, Cali, <laughs> he just said, Cali, bro. Um, and so, you know, essentially we made the decision, came to California and again, we were super naive. Like there's, there's a lot of hurdles that you have to jump through being an Australian to 
relocate to the United States. Um, and so we, there was a lot yeah. of hurdles in the sense that we had to nearly have the entire operation set up before we could even apply for the right visa. So that whole process was very, very nerve wracking, but we came here, you know, with, with no contacts. I didn't know anybody had never been here before. And we're just two young lads had landed at LAX with, with a dream. And, uh, and we were supposed to be here for two weeks and, Without, I'm kind of dragging on a bit here, but without without going too deep into it, we no, this is good, brother. Know, we um, we spent, you know, we we're supposed to be here for 14 days, but we spent, you know, the first 10 days making strides, and it, the idea was to set up the company, uh, make as many contacts as we could, and find out where we wanted to buy the territory because we were bringing essentially the um, the F45 concept to California because there was only two open at the time. Uh, in the oh, United wow. States. So, and that, that was Vegas and I think one in Ohio, I believe. So the whole, whole of California was open, but we had never, I had never been here before. We didn't know, you know where we wanted to live, where would be good territories. We were just going off recommendations from friends and family. Um, and we got 10 days into the trip. And I, I remember sitting in Santa Monica looking at my, uh, my business partner, Evan, and I just said, mate, if we go home, this is not going to happen. Like there is no way we are going to be able to make this happen if we get on the flight in four days. Like, and we were at that stage, we were all in. Like, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to, we wanted to live in California. We wanted to make this work. Um, and so from from there, we we essentially cancelled our flights and we we moved to Vegas. <laughs> and from we moved to Vegas because my my mate had a good friend of his that owned a company there that would allow us to, to work while we were still doing the deals on the, on the F45 studios. So we ended up selling party tickets on the street in, in Las Vegas while we're trying to get these deals done, while we're trying to figure out how we were going to stay in the States and make this, this dream becoming a reality. Um, but long story short from there, you know, we opened one every year since. And, uh, and then we, we had uh, we had an exit in February this year, which was uh, which was amazing. So we did we did very well. We're, we're we're very happy, dude. That's such an amazing story, and there's so many pieces I want to touch on. But one of the things I wanted to ask is like, what was prob like? What can you give to guys that really pushed you through maybe some of the doubt you guys? Because it seemed like the cards were kind of not stacked in your favor you guys were yeah. coming in blind. Like what was something that you can give to guys that helped you kind of push through that doubt that a lot of people probably would have left and went back home? Yeah. And mate, that's a great question. I think there's, you know, there's, there's two different things. One, there is self doubt and then there's imposter syndrome, right? And a lot of people think mm -hmm. that they have imposter syndrome, but if you look up the term imposter syndrome, it's actually, that you're undeserving of your previous and your past and historic achievements uh, and successes. But so what they're actually feeling is, is self-doubt and realizing that it is self-doubt and that you can overcome it um, is actually going to be so beneficial in the way that you can work through that and having a partner to kind of bounce ideas off and, and know that he's as rock solid as you are is was for me was 100 a key you know we once we decided we were all in we didn't want to there was nothing that was going to essentially get in our way and and turn us around and get on that plane and go back home you know as a as a failed operation you know so it was good to have that that partnership that that container there where we both knew we were in it um and we both mm -hmm. knew that no matter what we would we were going to get to our goal Mm. And there's like another, there's another piece to this that, you know, I also want to open up too, because there's the fact that like what you look like is this big jacked, like knuckle dragger meathead kind of guy, right? <laughs> you're obviously high, you're obviously highly intelligent, but you came from such a blue collar background. What the fuck yeah. like kept you sparked to tackle entrepreneurship and like for guys that are doubting their intellect and their intelligence, like 
you know, you are something that guys can look to because you don't look like the normal dude that was like, no, I'm going to fucking conquer entrepreneurship. But you came yeah. from a whole pedigree of, of kind of blue collar working. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great touch point. And it, it even still, I suppose, goes back to the self-doubt as well as like, once you realize it, that you can change your mindset to really shift and realize that you can grow into the individual that you need to be to play at the level that you want to play at. So, you know, the reality is, is that everyone started somewhere, you know, every great success story started with an idea. The, the, the reason the difference is, is that individual with the success story, just turned that idea into a working tangible entity, right? But that's not the real reason for their success. The real reason for their success is they had the fucking grit to see it through and mm. and turn that and even when that self-doubt was there and even when the other individuals were doubting their ability to build whatever it is that they built they had the grit and the perseverance to see it through and i think for me it was it was i like realizing that i have a true deep belief in myself and in, and in my ability even though you you still have that kind of self-doubt but it's the grit that really gets you through that. And you just, you learn by making mistakes. And I know that a lot of people love failures. I know that it's a, it's a big point on, uh, on a lot of high level individuals, you know, um, points when they put across like, what's the key to success, but fucking hate failures. You're like, I don't, you don't, you don't want to fail, but you want to make sure that you fucking learn from them so that you can pivot and move forward kind of more intelligently. And that's, and that's definitely where, where I've learned a lot is like failing fast and making, not being, I suppose, hung up on a decision and then making decisions very fast and moving forward from there. Dude, that's so good. And, and I think that is such a key point and then also tying back to a little bit of the imposter syndrome and self-doubt was like, really, I think a lot of that scares men out there today. I think a lot of guys sit in kind of mediocrity and they sit in the bullshit nine to five job <clears throat> and they want to do what you're doing. They see you and they're like, fuck, what Luke did was really cool, but but I don't see myself being there. Cause I'm so like, they only see what's in front of them, what they're surrounded by. So how can we help them um, break that? Like what you thought about on that oil rig and you're like, fuck dude, this is not it for me. Like, this is not the life that I want as a man. How, how can we give something to them also that helps them see that? Yeah. Failure's okay. As long as you're learning fast. Right. And yeah. it's okay to be <clears throat> terrified of what the future might hold. But if you just go and tackle it, like, and you go head first into it, you can come out of that side as long as you're willing to persevere through it. Yeah. One of the big <clears throat> sorry, misconceptions is that a lot of people don't even get started because they, they think they have to have the entire blueprint, blueprint in front of them. Right. But at the, at the end of the day, like <clears throat> if you have an honest conversation with a lot of the people uh, in your network that are very successful, they will most likely tell you the same thing is they had, they had no fucking idea what they were doing when they started. And the beautiful thing about that is that you just need to get started and you figure everything out as you go, as, as you go and as you go along the pathway and you figure the pathway up the mountain, you're essentially trying to climb, you know, it's essentially one foot in front of the other until you can see, as long as you have the vision and you know where you're going, how you get there is going to be, you know, even if you had a plan, it's going to be nothing like the plan that you have written out on paper or what, what your foresight is or what you've been told, right? So the biggest, the biggest part is just to get started, you know, and it's figuring out, you know, what your high car goal is or what your vision is, and then kind of, you know, partnering that vision with a purpose and then figuring out exactly what the first step is and then moving in that direction and letting the purpose essentially fuel your, your drive to get to each of those kind of milestones along, uh, along the path to that high, high goal. Yeah, that's, it's such a good point. And like, 
I think a, a lot of guys think they have to have perfection in front of them as far as like, okay, the first step is this and it's gotta be perfect. And then until yeah. it's perfect, I can't even take the first step. You know, I think a lot of guys hide behind that. And I think a lot of guys believe that if they don't do it perfect as they come out of the gate, that it's going to fail. You know, what's, what's kind of your mindset behind that too? Well, look, it's, as I, as I said, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not one that, that kind of sets out to just shoot for the stars. And if it fails, you know, it fails. And then I'll, I'll kind of try something else. Like I shoot for the stars to make sure that I do everything in my abilities and everything I possibly can to make sure it succeeds. But if it doesn't, it's, it's not about letting the whole dream or idea or path or vision fail. It's about pivoting fast and, and making sure you can understand what the issue is and then moving in a direction that's going to serve whatever it is you're doing um, in, a, in a more intelligent way. I, I think, you know, the people that are scared of putting something out there and failing have a, a, not a, what, what am I trying to say? It's like people that are scared of putting something out there and failing they don't understand really that there's no risk in that whatsoever, that the biggest, the bigger kind of regret is not even trying. Right. And so if mm -hmm. by not trying, then you're going to continuously live with this kind of what if part of part of the regret. And if you're, you know, scared of being ashamed for failing, then, you know, that's something that, you need to kind of overcome because at the end of the day, like no one's watching, you know, no one's watching and yeah. you can sit there and think people are judging that, you know, the people that matter, they don't care, you know, and, and yeah. that's, that's what a lot of people need to get their head around, you know? Oh my God, dude. If, if everybody listening takes one nugget away from Luke, like take that one, bro. Like that is so <laughs> So it's so profound because yeah, we always think people give a fuck about what we're doing. And most people are so wrapped up in their own lives. They don't fucking care. They don't, they really don't care. fucking care. They don't care. Not like the, the amount of the misconception around, you know, oh, I can't do this. I'll be judged for it. And the amount of, you know, dreams, ideas or goals or visions that people have never even tried reaching because they didn't want to be judged for it is absolutely mind-boggling and to me it's it's mind-boggling you know and i think that once once people do get over that fear of judgment it's going to it's it's a nearly an unlocking and an unchaining of who they can actually be authentically and what they can actually do with their life you know i you're absolutely right though that's where guys like struggle to figure out like who they could be in life because they get so scared to step out and like do anything um one of the things i wanted to ask you it's like you know you look at your life and where you've started and, and where you came from, what was, what was one of the hardest things that really challenged you in your life? And then, and then I'll ask another question after that. Cause I have, I have another one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and are you going to say, are you talking about in the last kind of six years since we, I came on this journey and I've relocated or you want me to go all the way back? Yeah, I, I would say like as you started on this journey, because we have a, I have another question of you finding this new purpose that we're gonna go into next. But I, I want to know what was the biggest challenging moment for you that really challenged yeah. maybe even who you are um, as a man, kind of showing up. There's been there's been a lot of moments <clears throat> over the last six years. You know, the the biggest challenge was, you know, when when we set out to move to the United States, shoot for a, gene, a dream, come over, you know, with no network, <clears throat> um, no connections, and just, just an idea, everything was uncomfortable. Like absolutely everything was uncomfortable from, the, from, you know, trying to find the real estate, pitching investors, pitching business partners, you know, learning sales, building a team, hiring, firing. Um, so there's been so much, kind of personal which i'm which i'm very very grateful for but personal growth over that entire period and it just keeps going as as i as i continue to move forward but what what i experienced was you know we when we opened our first gym we had 
zero cash. So we put everything we had into that to get to open the doors essentially. And we couldn't pay, we couldn't pay the rent um, the next month if, if it did, if it sunk, which, you know, which was very daunting, but also at the same time, you know, we had no furniture in, in our apartment. Um, I had, a blow-up mattress and cardboard boxes as, as bedside tables and a cardboard box with a cooler on it and a TV. Um, and I remember kind of taking a, taking a photo of it one day and going, man, this is going to change one day. Um, and just going, this is crazy. Like, have a look at this. This is really going to change one day. And we, I, we slept in the actual studio on yoga mats you know, most, most of the days that, that we were working, cause we were working from 3am, 3 3am 3 all the way until like nine to 10pm every single night. Wow. Cause we didn't have any funds to pay the cleaners. We didn't have any funds to hire anybody. So we were doing all the coaching, all the classes, doing all the, uh, the client management, doing all the sales, doing all the marketing, cleaning, folding towels, um, and, and trying to grow the business to make sure that we didn't sink and all the cash that we had put in um, didn't sink. So the, one of the biggest things I, I learned, one of the hardest things I went through was essentially kind of realizing how much effort and how much adversity we were going to see through that, throughout the entire kind of first year of really opening and owning a business in a new country in a in a in a town we had barely knew anybody in and with absolutely no operating capital whatsoever <laughs> and and just you know my business partner and I just head down kind of uh just grinding it out day to day and not having any idea what we were doing so I mean that's kind of a very well-rounded long-winded answer to your question but it's just the amount of adversity that we saw throughout the kind of the last six years, but especially the first year, underestimating what it was going to take to really make a success yeah. of it and the amount of work. That's so terrifying, dude. I couldn't imagine being in your shoes and like look, staring down the barrel of fucking not knowing how any of this money is going to come in. But I think that's a testament to to your perseverance. It's a testament to the hard work that you put into your life. And it's a testament to the fact that you just believe it's going to shake out in your favor. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it was, it, and it still is, but it's a definite like deep belief in, uh, in myself and, and also in my partner's ability that no matter what we, are, we were able to going to make, sorry, we were going to be able to make the dream a reality in that sense. And it didn't matter what the adversity, how much adversity that was thrown at us. Like we had a partnership to kind of bounce off and really push each other through. And that, that, that level of support when you're right there, because you know, your, your friends and family are on the other side of the world. You don't really, you don't know anybody whatsoever. You've just thrown yourself in the deep end. Um, but still having that, that small level of support from, from your partner was huge. So um, very happy. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy, man. Thank you. That's a badass story too. Even just along the long line of stories that you got from your life. That's fucking cool. And it's also, I think it, it shows everybody that like they look at, if somebody saw you today, they're like, Oh, Luke's a fucking business owner. He's an overnight success and just exited out of his, uh, you know, business strategy, but it's not the case, man. This is what's so beautiful about the story. That's not the real case. This is the real case. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any depth in any kind of overnight success. You know, they're very, very, very rare cases. And what as cliche as it sounds like what most people see is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I'm, I'm not, you know, wildly, wildly successful in, in any right, but I've definitely do pride myself on, you know, what we've been able to accomplish, what I've been able to, to build since uh, packing up my life and, and relocating over here, you know, and it's also, not only that, but it's, it's enabled me to really help a lot of people on the way overcome that fear of failure because I've lived it. Um, you know, as I said, like kind of shooting for a dream and not knowing, not having that pathway is, is something that's very, very daunting. But it's also something that a lot of people, as we discussed earlier, they don't do, they don't take that step because they're just, 
afraid of that one thing, that fear of failure. So helping a lot of people overcome that and, and, and also um, growing with, uh, with the teams that we've been able to grow throughout the entire process has also been super fulfilling. Dude, that's so it's such an inspiration listening to the story and listening to where you guys are now and what you guys are doing. And that kind of leads me to this next segment here, which is you, you must be a glutton for punishment because now you're starting a whole new business. Uh, and you guys actually launched it during the pandemic. You know, you guys put this out there and you guys are now building a brand of subscription boxes for men. And I've had the firsthand ability to see these and they're absolutely epic. And so what, what was it? What's the catalyst to where you guys now switched to this new vision, this new purpose? Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, what, where, what happened over the last six years was, you know, I was <clears throat> owning and operating uh, multiple fitness studios. We had, you know, 25, 30 employees um, and we were always busy. We were always working on a, a lot of projects and I was getting asked a lot by clients, friends and family or, or reach, people reaching out on social media. It's like, what is it that you're using to manage your energy so, <clears throat> sorry, so effectively um, and, and to stay so on your game and you always seem like you're fit, healthy, you know, you, your energy's there when it needs to be. And, you know, it didn't really click until I, until I got asked, started getting asked by some, some high-level CEO friends that I have that were wildly more successful than I was and some high-level athletes. And I'm like, shit, okay. I'm like, men don't really know what they don't know, you know? So, you know, like meaning like if you don't understand how your brain works, how your energy works, how your hormones work and how that correlates to your productivity, your health and happiness. You're not necessarily going to know where to even start the research to better yourself in those kind of areas. Um, and after doing some due diligence and realizing, okay, so there's a huge gap in the market here because I was essentially just recommending tools and resources that were on the market that were working for myself. And I was recommending them all the time. And once we realized that there was a gap in the market and we started looking into the subscription box industry because subscription boxes at the time, they were just becoming extremely hot, fast paced. They were, you know, in the women's market, they were everywhere. Um, and they had so many different variations for women. But when I dove into the men's space, I was, I was, I was actually surprised. I was like, okay, so there's nothing for men's performance here. It's simply, you know, there's a lot of beard oils and there's a lot of beef jerky um, and there's some style, but there wasn't anything that encompassed that optimization for men's personal and professional performance in everyday life. You know, not just supplementation, but recovery tools, productivity, tech, performance, where even still, still grooming and skincare, but sleep optimization and a lot of, a lot of things that men essentially suffer from, but they just keep ticking over and they keep just carrying on, even though they're, you know, they're heavily sleep deprived or their hormones aren't balanced and they're not supporting their hormones. Um, and so once we realized there was that gap in the market, we, we did a lot of due diligence and we, um, we essentially went to work and we launched our test phase one uh, in May last year. And we got a lot of really good feedback and, uh, and then moved into a, a fully personalized, very hyper-personalized customization model where you can actually customize your box to personalize it even further. Mm. Dude, I am, you, you know this already. I'm such a big fan of these boxes. And dude, like to all the guys listening, like if you aren't in this or don't know about the Manly subscription boxes, please go check this out. <laughs> Cause they're so dope. And one of the other things that I want you to highlight here is how you even select the products. I think that's a whole special piece to your business too. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So essentially when it comes to the, the part of me building out this uh, the company was semi selfish as well. So I wanted to be able to have a platform where I could reach out to 
innovative brands and entrepreneurs that were developing really innovative products that were going to serve men in, in the way that we wanted to be served. Uh, we wanted to serve them. So I essentially reach out if I, if I can see that their product, if I can feel that their product works, I can see that their branding is, uh, is on point and their mission and their vision is aligned with what we are looking to achieve. Um, it's great because we reach out, we get to test their products. We take them through, you know, a 30 day test and depending on what the product is, is how we measure it. So I use whoop obviously for a lot of the metrics in the data when it comes to sleep and recovery products. Um, but we measure the products over a 30 day period. So everyone that gets a box knows that there's absolutely nothing but quality inside those boxes. We're not just throwing in filler products here and there. Everything does what it says it's going to do. Everything is designed to optimize the aspect of your life that, that you've selected through our quiz. Uh, and that's really the difference that we're looking to create is like, we want to become a trusted brand where, you know, every single quarter, once when that manly box drops on your doorstep, there's five to seven high quality products inside that are going to help you optimize every aspect of your life that you are looking to improve on. Mm, dude, it's, it's such like, it's so cool what you put into this and like the fact that you're testing these before you give them out to your community, to me, that's really special because you're validating what they claim, number one, but you're also looking at the back end of like, who's providing this? What's their mission? What's their, what's their community? You know, what's, what are they promoting? And it just lends to the genuine nature of what you're trying to do, which is give men high-end products that really help them be optimized. Yeah, exactly. And the, the way we do it as well is something that we've developed, which, you know, which we believe is it's still unmatched in the industry, in the men's space specifically as well. It's, we've tried to, tried to create a really unique experience that is high-end, um, so when you open the box, you feel, you get that feeling of, you know, that joy, but also that feeling of you're a part of something. And then there's that community aspect behind the entire brand element as well. Yeah. It's so like, I've had the opportunity to open the box, to receive it, to look at it. And it was just so fucking dope, dude. It's like, uh, it really is an experience and it's something that women get like women, women pay attention to a lot of these things for when they give products out, like they pay attention to the box. They pay attention to what it's like to open it. The, the shock factor, what's involved, what the X, ex- like yep. you don't see that a lot with guy products, bro. And you guys just, in my opinion, like this is honestly the, like, if you're just hearing about this, I would plan for this for Christmas gifts for dudes, for birthdays for dudes. Like this is the box I'm sending all my buddies. Like that's like how fucking badass this is. Like these are things that you can do, but I just love that you guys created this mission to really give guys something more for themselves. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, it kind of all comes down to, you know, how you manage your energy as a guy and exactly how much output do you get for your energy and whether you understand the tools and resources that are on the market to help you elevate that energy in certain, um, in certain circumstances, you know, and that's what we're just trying to essentially connect men with possible solutions in the marketplace so that they can perform better personally and professionally in those areas. Um, and so, you know, throughout the next the kind of life cycle of, of the next 12 months, you know, we've got some amazing partners that we're bringing on board as well. I'm very excited. We can't obviously uh, let anybody know yet before we drop the boxes, but every single partnership that we put into, we make sure it's, it's high quality um, and that it, the products essentially say they do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. I think one of the other things that I I truly appreciate about this too, is the fact that you guys are giving guys like an entrance to biohacking, right? Like that's kind of almost like in a, in a roundabout way in an underlying tone, you guys are giving them an entrance to biohacking if they don't really know what that journey looks like too. Right. Exactly. We have tools and resources that cover every aspect of your life and that are obviously going to help you perform better in those areas, whether it's, as I said, productivity tools, tech, performance, where 
you know, hormone support, sleep optimization, grooming. Um, you know, we have some lifestyle accessories in there as well to put some, to put some flair in it, but essentially, you know, all, all of these nutrients as well that we put in our, well, that our partners put in these products, they're all earth grown nutrients. They're all natural, you know, so we're not putting in any kind of pharmaceuticals or any, anything that are in, uh, in these boxes. So everything is organic earth grown nutrients. Um, and, you know, we're, we're stoked with some of the partnerships that we've got. I love it, brother. This is so good. And, you know, obviously I'm a huge supporter of what you guys going on, got going on. And so I'm excited that, you know, guys have access to this now. So as we're kind of rounding out here, brother, how can everybody find you where can, and we're going to link all this stuff in the show notes, but let everybody know what the best way is to get into your ecosystem, how they can get a hold of Luke, but then also get tied in with the manly boxes. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you. So I'm, I'm very avail available, you know, part of my, one of my passions and purposes is to connect with individuals and such as yourself. Um, so I always like to give out in my email, um, my personal email or my, my Instagram so that anyone can connect with me that wants to reach out and wants to connect either with myself or on the manly um, concept and learn more about the products and more about the brand and, and get into our ecosystem. So you can find me at Luke at MNLYbox.com or you can uh, jump on our website. It's MNLYbox.com. Go through the process. Um, you can take our five question quiz and then that will then help you allocate and customize and personalize a box for you. Uh, if you want to get it with, uh, get in touch with me personally as well. You can go to Luke underscore uh, heart on IG. Dope brother. Well, truly appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. I appreciate you what you're doing for men. We get a lot of guys that are, are out there, you know, doing coaching for men, but I think part of us growing as men is learning how to take care of ourselves. And you're doing that. You're creating products to help us take care of ourselves and, and packaging it in a way that's super accessible that I don't you know, necessarily have to go out and do all kinds of research and shit. So it's really cool to watch what you're doing, brother, and how you're serving guys today. Awesome, man. Thank you very much for having me, brother. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you. Yeah. So um thank you thank you for having me just grateful to be here my man absolutely well before you hop off brother your last question is what does the art of masculinity mean to you Ooh, i i, I somehow thought that you were going to drop that in in there somewhere uh the art of masculinity to me or being a man to me is about being a hundred percent uh, being responsible for your actions, but uh, holding yourself 100% accountable and uh, showing support for your tribe, no matter what. Mm, yeah, brother. I love that. That's a very solid like perspective and I, I definitely resonate with it. So, well, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And to everybody listening, as always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Until next time, guys.